Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Welcome to episode 83 of We Do Recover. I'm your host, this thing, Jared Miller. Today in studio, I have your co-host. This man is board certified in addiction medicine, the doc, Terry Sellers. Good morning, afternoon, evening. I don't know what it is, but good good day, everybody. It's good be- day. It's beautiful a good day Friday. to be in St. George. Isn't it, though? Yeah. Absolutely. It's getting that time of year. So on today's episode, we are actually going to ju- gonna jump into the story of uh, Charlie Turnan. Um, it, look, I read this in Los Angeles Magazine, and it is a terrible story. But today's going to be a little bit of like awareness, right? And maybe some harm reduction, talking about some pretty dangerous stuff that's going on and kind of some t- statistics around it. So yep. before we get to that though, I love stats. Absolutely. We're going to get to some stats. What's this segment sponsored by steps, not steps, stats, but steps, stats recovery center, <laughs> <laughs> steps recovery center sponsors episode 83 part one. We appreciate them. Listen, if you or a loved one need help, reach out to them, give them a call at 801-800-8142. They have intake coordinators standing by. You can live chat. They are a fantastic organization. They have they have everything you need from start to finish, from detox all the way to outpatient. Did you know that Steps Recovery Center is ready to help you? Or a loved one. Or a loved one. Whenever, Whenever you're, ready. you're ready to reach out. <laughs> Thank you, Steps Recovery Center, for sponsoring this podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, like, We like Steps. Check it out. It's Forget been a minute this. since me and you have sat down and done this, yeah. Doc. Yeah, it's been, we've been... I don't know, three or four weeks since we've both been together in studio, I think. I'm loving like. it. I'm loving it. Catch me up, man. What's at, well, new? first of all, we got uh, we got a segment that we call New and Goods. You know that? I, d- I did know that. You yep. want to tell me what's new I don't know if you know life? this, but I put, together, I put together the outline of this podcast. Oh, you did? <laughs> you forgot to tell me. Oh, okay. New and Good for me? Do you want to... Do you, did you not want to do New and Goods now? Oh, I absolutely do. Yeah. Let's do New and Goods. Let, tell okay. me what's up in your life. So two, I know you just asked me, but I'm not ready yet. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. A couple weekends ago, um, I went on a fishing trip with my family. So I lost my brother, Jason Miller, a number of years ago. And uh, I kind of got to the point where, like, I, I got tired of being sad. You know, I wanted to remember him. I wanted to celebrate his life. And so we started uh, a fishing trip annually that me and my cousins and uncles and brothers and everybody gets together and goes and does this huge fishing trip. And we've been to strawberry. Um, we were at Penguitch this time and every year we, we, it's, you know, a bunch of dudes get together. It's right. a competition, right? I like we're, we're, we're doing dude stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Dude stuff. Lots you know? of farting and <laughs> steaks and you know, steaks, right. So, so anyways, uh, this scratching sh- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So this year, Can't help myself this year, I actually won the trophy for the biggest fish, 22 oh. inch rainbow trout. It was amazing. Really? Yeah. And then last weekend, you I know, you told me the story about an hour ago and you held up your hands like this. It was, it was, it was hanging feet, past it was my elbow. Three feet apart. Your hands were. It was insane. I'm kidding. It was insane, doc. Nice. So and that's then, cool. Nice then, fish. Yeah. Then last weekend I, I got the opportunity to co MC an event with uh, Fox 13's Big Buddha. Buddha. Big Buddha. Big Buddha. It big was Buddha's the, not as big as Big Buddha used to be. That was my opening joke. He's so now Buddha. You want to hear something funny? He actually introduced me as an underwear model. Just <laughs> out of the blue. He's like, my sexy co-MC, he's an underwear model. And I'm like, what the heck? So, yeah, so I, I like get it. out there and I was you like- an and, underwear model. And he's like, take off your shirt, bro. And I'm like- <laughs> And I was like, Big Buddha, can, can I even call you Big Buddha anymore? You're yeah, Little Buddha now. Little Buddha. And I'm like, people want to see you with your shirt off, bud. He's You're the one that lost Buddha. all the weight. Yeah. Good dude, though. Really yeah, good dude. He seems like a nice. I've never, I've not met him. I just, I've seen him, but he seems like a really fun guy. Yeah, he is. And yeah. shout out to That's the, a cool thing that you got to do. Yeah, it was super fun. So uh, uh, you said this, but I wasn't totally paying attention. What was the event again? So it was the Shannon J Scholarship Organization. Okay. They, they do a fundraiser every year where they do a concert. It's called Talon in the Park. It's not okay. necessarily a concert. Man, they had all kinds of stuff. They had a comedian, a number of um, musical artists. They had a, a group that does karate that put together this karate presentation. Oh, they had kids breaking boards and bricks. And wow. It was 
doing sword fights and yeah and then they had big buddha and an underwear model <laughs> that's cool so and then so joe nestor joe nestor was there that's oh, joe nestor is now your boy he rocked the house joe nestor is now your like best friend that's yeah i love cool. joe He's, yeah, i, I actually do. have a video he seems like a cool guy again i've not met him either i actually have a video of me and him i'm like helping him kind of warm up in the back in the green room before he goes on oh nice it was cool man he rocked the house what'd fun. you do did you t sing for him no, I just Did played. you sing Friday? Friday is my favorite day? Because that's the only <laughs> song I've ever heard you sing. That's not true. I sing Happy Birthday to you. Oh, that's a Come good on, point. Come on, Sellers. Yeah, I can't remember. My, look I just how I'm old played, I stuff. I just played his music for him to sing along to to get warmed up. Uh, so I'm cool. just literally just yeah. holding the phone. That's you know? cool. How about you? What's new and good that's in your cool. world? Uh, we got, I don't know, we got, what do we got going on? In well, it's that time of year where we have golf tournaments. Every, we have these fundraising week. golf tournaments. So last week I played in the Alema Harrington, I don't know what, Alema Harrington Memorial. I, thought, I don't think that's what it is. But anyway, it's an Alema. It's, it's his organization. It's Alema Harrington's organization. And, I think uh, I've heard of that he's guy. He's a fundraiser. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's uh, in recovery and and uh, he's puts together a tournament, and it's a ton of fun. And I'm joking. Of course I've heard of him. He's a BYU legend. Yeah. He's a legend in the recovery who community. Who doesn't love? He does, like, jazz sports announce announcement. Yeah. Alema Harrington, come on this podcast. We had the whole um, – we actually – yeah, we need Alema on this podcast yeah. for sure. We had the whole – like, most of the whole jazz announcing troupe was at this tournament. So, so Michael cool. Smith, I don't know if you know who Michael Smith is, but he does some of the jazz game. He does jazz games analysis at halftime with a lemma now. And then Tim Lacombe, who's actually a friend of mine who was an assistant uh, coach for BYU for a while, he does some halftime analysis as well. And we had that whole group there. That was kind of fun. But yeah, it was a fun man. tournament. A lot of, you know, I won some stuff. I won some luggage. And what? We finished fourth, which is just barely out of the money. Dang it. <sighs> Man. We were one shot out of finishing third. <laughs> should we check in? Should we should we check in with Max? Yeah, what's Max? Max. What's, what's Max got going bro? on over there? Well, I'm glad you guys asked. Um, you know, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> I like the enthusiasm, <laughs> right? Right. I like it. So there's actually a, a a new sports radio talk show going on here in St. George, right? Okay. It's just been happening for the last couple of weeks. It's titled "Take a Seat" every Monday night from seven to eight p.m. on ninety one three The Blaze, hosted by yours truly. Max what? Christensen the third. What? So yeah, so yeah, so I I started a sports radio talk show down here down here in St. George. It's been great. You know, I you know, I have, you know, seven, eight callers call into the show and my I have an hour segment. People call in. We we you know, I I, I start the show, you know, every 15, 20 minutes, talk about my different topics, and then for the rest 45 minutes, you know, 40 minutes, people call in, we chop it up, talk sports. It's been really fun, really entertaining. So that's, that's cool. been that, that's been the newest thing for me. And of course, we started workouts here for Utah Tech football. You know, it's going to be a long grind of a summer. Sure. Um, just getting ready for that September third date uh, at Sac State. So, Sacramento State, you yes, head sir. out to California. Look huh? at yes, our sir. look at our like Max it. just growing up. Right <laughs> in I know, right there. That's cool stuff. <laughs> so it's all up, sports. Right. You're not just doing football. Yeah, it's, yeah no. It, it, I mean, it's a sports I've, talk show. Yeah, like I've I've talked at nauseum about the softball World Series that's going on. Really? You know, I mean, it just ended last night. Right, Oklahoma won. But I've been talking about them, talking about the NBA Finals, talking about the different things happening in college football and NFL. So I I, I cover all my bases. I do that's I do my cool. best to cover Love all it. the bases. Awesome, yeah. nice work. Yeah, that's Thank sweet. You. I yeah. didn't know you were Max Christensen the third, by the way. Yes, sir, I am. It's MC three. You ever heard MC3. of three? Have you ever heard of a group called MC five? I have not. No. Okay, they're an old '60s group. Okay, I think they were all black actually, but they were <laughs> ironically an old, they were an old '60s rock group. MC5. Wow. So I'm going to have to look him up. You're going to have to have a kid who has a kid, and they'll all be Max Christian, and he'll be MC5. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. MC3. I've, I'm listening. I'm making signs, and I'm coming to the games, man. <laughs> MC3. Stoked, man. MC3, Stoked. baby. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Max. Yep. I'll be to one of your games. Good. Yes, I know you will. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> the BYU. Are you guys playing? We're playing up there, aren't you? Yeah, it's we are. Yep, yeah. yep. November 19th, last game of the year. So. I'll be there. Yep. I'll be there. All right. Well, so let's get this thing really underway. Okay. This past week, I mean, you know, working in the industry, I'm always looking at news stuff and sure. different things that come out. And, sure. and this one totally, the picture caught my eye. And so I read it. The title of this uh, article, Los Angeles Magazine Times article is No Addiction Required, How Fake Drugs Are Quickly Killing Gen Z. So it's by Laureen Harrington. And is it the sign on the thing that that really grabbed you? Yes, it was. There's a big, there's a there's a wall kind of and a graffiti sign on there, and it says, "Fentanyl be killing our friends." Fentanyl be killing our friends. 
So it was published June 7th. Um, and it, it's a, it's a story about a couple people. The one that we're going to focus on the most today is going to be Charlie. Okay. Right. Uh, I'm going to just start reading it and then we can kind of, yeah, we're going we're we gonna to get, we're going to get some into it and then we'll have some analysis and that sort of stuff, but we're going to present the article to you. So. Despite the fact that the COVID-19 pandemic was still tearing across the country, May 14th, 2020, was an otherwise perfect Northern Utah spring day. Northern California. Sorry, Northern California. <laughs> Read what's there, Jared. Spring day. Particularly by, particularly, where am I at? On oh the campus gosh. of Santa Clara University. <laughs> I thought you could read. Where palm trees were swaying in the morning breeze running through the 171-year-old institution's campus. As in a time-honored college tradition, members of the SCU senior class who'd remained at the campus were mostly goofing off while waiting for graduation day. Sounds about right. Yep. You know? There you go. That May morning, four members of the Cal Phi fraternity were off to play golf. Sound like dudes there of you your go. heart? There you go. Those are my boys. <laughs> the young men uh, wanted their fraternity brother, Charlie Turnin, to join, but he declined. As later in the day, he had a final phone interview for an analysis analyst, sorry, analyst position he was hoping to land. Turnin wanted to remain focused. That was the last time they saw their buddy alive. Turnin died alone later that afternoon after ingesting a single counterfeit pill he'd bought, believing it to be Percocet, the painkiller he'd been prescribed in the past for his chronic back pain. But this pill was laced with fentanyl, which mm. is what ultimately killed him. The 22-year-old, oh, that's tragic. Well, that's tragic no matter how old, but the 22-year-old's death was one of the more than 100,000 deaths in 2021 that were caused by the synthetic opioid. Fentanyl is 50 times more powerful than heroin, and an amount equivalent to a few grains of sand can be deadly. Turnin didn't obtain the pill that killed him at a pharmacy, but ordered it online. It was just one of thousands of pharmaceutical lookalikes found across the web, uh, cells of which have flooded the web over the last few years. Now a lethal epidemic has begun with the overprescription over of pharmaceutical opiates is readily expanding among the country's youth. Yeah, I'm going to skip that next little paragraph because I don't love it, but... The next paragraph after that says, not enough people understand what fentanyl is, says Bill Bodner, a special agent in charge of the L.A. branch of the DEA. The pills and powders coming out of Mexico look real, but the drug dealers don't measure, measure dosages, so they use too much, killing unsuspecting recreational users as well as addicts. And fentanyl has now disrupted the illicit drug trade. In addition to replacing... Now unattainable prescription opioids after a crackdown on prescriptions, synthetic and hyperpotent fentanyl made in underground labs is replacing street heroin. A much more expensive and logistical challenge, challenging drug to process and to distribute. I want to stop you there for one second because okay. I think that's some, uh, important to note. We've noted on this podcast before, people turn to heroin as a financial decision. Right. Sure. You, you stop being able to afford the, the very expensive Oxycontin pills on the street and people that get addicted have to turn to cheaper alternatives, which heroin has always been. And this article is now pointing out that heroin's extremely expensive when you compare it to fentanyl. Even cheaper. super interesting. Crazy, right? Yeah. They're well, calling heroin expensive and heroin's been the cheap alternative in the past. Right. So this is super cheap and yet... 50 times more potent than heroin. And that's why, like, people are dying left right. and right. Right. Okay, where was I at here? Yeah, I'm sorry. You're in the According to the National Institution yep. of Health, the number of counterfeit pills containing fentanyl has increased nearly 50-fold from 2018 to 2021. Wow. Meanwhile. But, mind you, that doesn't say 50%. 50-fold does not mean 50% greater. Right. means it's 50 times, times yeah. the number yep. of pills that there were in 2018. Oh, man, this is anybody else feel heavy? Okay, here we go. Meanwhile, there was a 30% rise in fentanyl-related deaths in 2001, and yeah. there has been a 2010. near... Sorry, 2010, and there has been a near doubling over the past five years. In L.A. County, more than 60% of all drug-related deaths have involved fentanyl, and the DEA, 
the DEA seized more than 3 million counterfeit pills suspected to contain fentanyl in 2021, a threefold increase in seizures from 2019's data. Okay, I'm going to, this next paragraph, uh, never mind. Uh, this fentanyl epidemic is also the result of, of the culture of pill popping that gestated among America's teens over the last two decades. Increasingly, it seemed young people were being handed a prescription for something to numb, relieve, or for them to just chill out as they gathered at pill parties to pop whatever was at hand. Then the overdoses increased and the opioid prescriptions crackdown of 2019 led to a sudden, sudden drought of readily available pharmaceuticals. Ultimately, the crackdown backfired and the, and the party didn't stop as teens were quick to find online avenues to obtain more pills. Let's pause think, right there. Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop for a second. Okay. Crazy, right? Okay, right. So let me tell you what hit me. What hits me first is mm -hmm. sort of the title and the gist of this article. You do not have to get addicted to die from an opioid overdose anymore. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Charlie wasn't necessarily an addict. I mean, he shouldn't have been on right. the web looking for for you know pills. Or he. But listen, I get it, right? It's 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 a. It's a college campus. He's graduated. He's getting ready, right? Like, he's just looking to party over a weekend. He's a what we would term a recreational user. Yeah, it's interesting that, obviously, we've hijacked the term party because parties used to be where you had balloons and, and, and little birthday cakes. Birthday cake and stuff, <laughs> right? But the point is that he's about to graduate from college. Of course, he's in this festive mood. And, unfortunately, in our society now, festive moods also go with recreational drugs. And again, recreation used to be a different term too. Recreation used to be going boating, right? Sure, recreation sure. used to be, yeah. what, you know, whatever. But now, at recreational drugs and partying are. This guy's in in the perfect spot. He's about to graduate from college. Of course, he's doing that. Well, and I think too, and he if, found some pills. Yeah, if you look at the socioeconomic level of California, you know, it sounds like he comes from a pretty high, pretty you know, higher end class family. Sure, uh, he's going to college. Going to college, right. like they're not necessarily. You know, that's where it goes into like the pill popping generations that are that's the Gen Z generation, right? Right. Well, and they're looking to roll. They're looking to do MDMA. They're looking to do opiate pills. They're looking to do kind of more of your higher end, quote unquote, type of substances. And I, I think the, I think that the article also pointed out the pill parties where kids will go to a a party and everybody brings some stuff. We used to bring punch and presents but everybody <laughs> brings some right nachos everybody brings some stuff they put it in a pill uh, in a bowl i mean and then you grab out a few and you take them and yeah. you don't you kind of mix it up and that's a pill party right everybody i've never been to a pill party well i that's what i'm told what I've, I'm ne I've never been to one either but that's what i'm told is that everybody brings a few things they put it in a bowl they mix it up and you grab a couple and you take it speaking of that these things look just like Roxy's. So here's the, yeah. The, so the Roxy 30s. It says in here they look like Percocet or they thought they were ordering Percocet. He thought he was ordering Percocet, which is something he'd, he'd taken before. Right. He'd been prescribed it for back pain before. So these are not legitimate pharmacies. No. Most of them are out of Mexico, but they look like legitimate pharmacies. They're online. Their websites look like pharmacies. I mean, they're trying to look like a pharmacy. And then they try to produce pills that look like real pills. Which is scary because if I'm taking something that I'm thinking is, you know, one a Percocet, Percocet. You're not going to die from a Percocet. Right. Not, you no, have no, way. no chance of dying from one Percocet. But you will die from a counterfeit fentanyl pill. You can't. Charlie did. Charlie did. Apparently. Yeah. That's what happened. So that's, uh, so that's, uh, I mean, that's just crazy. Like, it's interesting. One of the things that the article brought up, I don't know if we're going to read much more of the article or not, but we, we probably will read some of it, but. One of the things that I read in this article was some they're they're thinking they're trying to mass produce fentanyl test strips now as a harm reduction thing. Smart. Yeah. So you can take your pill and you can, you know, just scrape off a little piece and test it and see if there's any fentanyl in it. But it also said because of the and it called it this and I thought it was interesting. Because of the chocolate chip effect, you can't do that and be very accurate. And the chocolate chip effect is a pressed pill, they call these fentapills or pressed pills, or a pressed fentanyl pill will have, like, the, 
like the chocolate chips or the fentanyl. So it's not distributed evenly right, throughout. Right. So you can break off a tiny little piece of it and test it, and maybe you miss the fentanyl part. Yeah, these are underground underground labs that are putting together right, these pills right. and pressing them together i right. mean it's not like the quality this is, is not the fda and the other thing too is, is even if you know right even if you know that that little blue m30 pill is fentanyl you don't know how much fentanyl because of the chocolate chip effect is actually in that right right like when right. they were just batching this thing together they're obviously not not doing it very very pure or uh very what's the word I don't know. Quali Evenly, quality right. controlled. Yeah, quality, quality controlled. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty scary. Pretty dangerous. So uh, yeah, I think that I think that is scary and dangerous. I the, the thing is, this stuff is so potent that they they don't have to use very much. It's so cheap that so what all they're doing is trying to make money. This is a Absolutely. this is just business, right? So they've got an ingredient that'll save them money. The pill's gonna pack a punch because it's really potent. So, but they they don't. They're not the FDA. They don't have regulations. They're tossing something in there. Somebody grabs a little spoonful and tosses it in there, and they hope it's a, sim a decent amount, right? Yeah, they're just trying to make fl flash pan money. Right. Just get it while it's hot, and right. you know they don't care about the consequences. Yeah. And listen, we talk about harm reduction and the test strips and all that, and I've got to be the guy to just be, you know, Mr. Obvious and say, don't use them. Well, if you think something has fentanyl in it, don't use it. Well, that's, I mean, right. But unfortunately, fentanyl is getting into everything nowadays. Very. Um, just just the, just a couple weeks ago or a month ago, there was a, a individual, a youth in Park City, that thought that he or she, I'm trying to keep it super discreet, okay. was just smoking pot. Well, guess what the pot was laced with? Fentanyl. Fentanyl. That fentanyl individual gives, ended up in the hospital. Fentanyl is extremely cheap, and it gives everything a pop. So people are tossing it into everything because it'll give it a like it's it's a lot of bang for your buck you know it, it almost makes me like appreciate that i'm in recovery today right because listen i back in my day i kind of had that passive suicidal ideation going on where i didn't really care if i lived or died um but i'm grateful today that that i don't have to worry about fentanyl yeah you know like for the, sure the people in active addiction today that's a scary thing like it really is you're playing russian roulette every time you choose to use a substance. This is a scary drug. I want to tell you a really quick story. We're close to out of time on this segment, but I, I, I was in residency. Res so in medicine, you go to medical school. After medical school, you choose what you want to do, and then you go do a residency in that where you do just that. Med school's real general. Residency is what you're going to do. I was in my residency, but in residency, I was doing a rotation through an anesthesia. I was doing an anesthesia rotation. And there was a pediatrics resident who was also doing an anesthesia rotation. And I walked into the surgeon's locker room, and this pediatric resident had stolen some fentanyl out of... So the thing about an anesthesia, anesthesiologist is they carry around boxes of... Drugs. Like all the good stuff, right? In a lockbox. <laughs> like Settlers. the stuff that a drug addict would go crazy over. Sure. They carry around fentanyl. Fentanyl is used in surgery a lot, and it's used because it's super quick. It doesn't last. I mean, it, it hits quick. It comes on really quickly. It doesn't last very long, but uh, that that's why they use it. It's great for intraoperative during surgery. Mm -hmm. This guy had stolen fentanyl um, out of the out of an anesthesiologist uh, out of his lockbox, and I walked in. He's in the surgeon's locker room, dead. Ooh. With a needle sticking out of his arm, he had used fentanyl and injected it, and had no idea how potent it was. Remember, we it's just tragic. read tragic, fent man. fentanyl is twenty to forty times more potent than morphine, and it's fifty times more potent than heroin. Yeah. So this stuff is extremely strong. It is not funny anymore. They like this is not playtime yeah, anymore. Yeah, no kidding. Like they talk about it later on in in this article about how just a few grains of of sand like just that amount of fentanyl a couple grains of sand will kill you will kill you yep people are dying from that little tiny amount crazy that is and how do you get less than a couple of grains of sand in a pill yeah i mean that's the point you've got you've got it's hard to get one grain of sand in a pill right you might slip and get two and then you die yeah yeah that's just crazy it's a tragic thing it? i want to you I, know go ahead. As we kind of wrap up this first part, and yeah. in part two uh, of episode 83, we're going to get back to the story and, and finish it. And then uh, Doc's going to give us some data on this type of stuff. 
I my heart goes out to his family. For right? sure. For I sure. believe his his dad's name was Ed. I believe his mom's name was Marie. Yep. yep. My heart goes out to them. Like twenty two year old kid just graduating from college. So tragic. Man. So tragic. But you know they've uh, they've done something good. Let's let's plug this for just a second because we're almost out of time. But they've got a website called Song for Charlie. Go to that website and you can find a whole lot of data on there. Songforcharlie.com? Yep. Dot org maybe. Dot org. Remember. All right, join us in episode 83, part two, right after this little 30-second uh, mention from our sponsor. You are Recovery listening Centers. to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery, and once you become the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times, and it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Welcome back, everybody. Part two of episode 80. Is this 83, did you say? 83, buddy. Episode 83. I can't believe we've been doing this. We've had done 83 episodes. Isn't it so cool? That's, gotta actually, do, that's cool, kind of. Yeah, it's man. a lot of episodes. When we hit 100, we got to do something to celebrate. Yeah, it feels like it's been really close to two years. Does that seem right to you? Yes, I think our we first were. podcast was maybe in July. Yeah, you're, of you 2020 may have been August, but yeah, we're knocking okay. on two years. Yeah, that's and listen, cool. if you're listening to this right now and, and you're kind of in this area, reach out to us. We're all, we always love to have guests come on, right? We yeah. do so different that, stuff. We do topic based stuff. Yep. We talk about different treatment modalities and things like that, but primarily this is a come share your story yep, podcast for sure. So this is, and uh, thanks for bringing that up. Cause I wanted to mention this a little bit. Uh, I'm only in studio every other week. Uh, and occasionally not even that often, but basically I'm here every other week. It's almost like you're a doctor and you're busy. No, that's not what it's like, <laughs> but it is like we're recording this podcast in St. George. I don't live here. I live three and a half hours North of here. So, um, I can't be here every single week. You're here almost every week, but the problem, and you live down here. So it's a little easier to get guests from your end because you live here, right? Absolutely. The problem is St. George is not um, Salt Lake City. It's not Denver. It's not Los Angeles. Population's it's not a less. big town. Great recovery community, but we, not a big population. But we have used most of your friends, <laughs> most of your acquaintances, most of the people you know. I've got a large number of people up there. I just can't get them. It's hard to get them down here, you know? So you we, mean the Hilton isn't... The Hilton, like they're not dying the Hilton's to... not quite enough, but we should talk <laughs> about the Hilton for a second before I move on. Um, part two is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn, which, by the way, is uh, is been a fantastic sponsor for us. Uh, the Hilton Garden Inn, if you're traveling through southern Utah, give them a quick little Google search. Just type in Hilton Garden Inn. They take really good care of you. They have great amenities. Their pool is amazing. We mention that almost every time because I love the pool. The hot tub's great. Uh, service is great. They treat they treat me really well. I stay there a fair amount. But Swackna is um, going on there this weekend. Really? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, a, a big NA event. Yeah, Listen, this is whether it's Steps Recovery Centers or whether it's the Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah. When you use those resources, be sure to name drop us. Let them know that Jared and Terry sent you guys. Yeah, that helps. Us. We love that. That helps a little bit for sure. Um, you were saying you want to get your friends down here. Well, what I, do we got to do. We got to pay. Some I'm people? just saying it's hard. It's, it's a lot more difficult. So sometimes when we don't have get when we would love to have guests almost every time, although I love these topic based shows too. Me too. I, love I really it. do. I like these a lot. They're a little bit, actually a little bit more fun for me, but, um, but I'm just, I was just thinking on the drive down how, what a burden it is that you basically have to get 95% of the guests. Cause I just can't get people to come down very often. Now I've, we've had some people, I mean, some of the guests have been, you know, acquaintances or friends or yeah. Uh, that I've been able to get, but basically mostly we're just 
bugging all of your friends and all of your acquaintances <laughs> to get on. So I, I, I'm excited to get some people on that neither one of us even know. So for Reach sure, we've had us. some. Send us an email at we do recover with Jared Miller at gmail.com. Yes, yeah, please. We do please recover. do. We've had a few people contact us that way. Yeah. yeah. We had, oh, I'm blanking on uh, my Chicago friends, Sober Living Homes. Remember their names? Uh, not off the top of my head, I don't. I can't. Oh, that makes me mad. That's right, but reach out to us. Yeah, we've had a few people like that. Yeah. So, yeah, listen, if you want to be a guest on this show, we're happy to talk to you. Like, give us a give us a quick little text or a uh, get on our, for sure, either get on our Facebook page. Get on our Facebook page is the easiest way, probably. We do recover with Jared Miller. Yeah, I'm even I'm even cool with, like, if you want to, if you live out of state and you don't have the money to, to come be in studio, uh, we could look into we maybe some, some Skype options or even just send us your story through email. Remember, and we can uh, read your story and talk about your story. Remember our good friend, Dr. Rob Kelly? I do remember Dr. <laughs> Rob Kelly. That, <laughs> that was a fun guest, right? He was. He was. And, and he was out of state. He didn't come into town. We just we right. Skyped with him. We'll do that, too. So if you if you want to be on and, and talk about your story and talk about recovery, please uh, please let us know because we'd love to have you on for sure. Absolutely. Let's get back to, to Charlie Turnin. Yeah, Charlie Turnin. Let's get back to him. So All right. you, why don't you pick that up? So I'm going to pick up the Los Angeles Magazine uh article um, from where we were in, in episode 83, part one. It was the dishonesty and failure of the so-called war on drugs with its never-ending doomsday rhetoric that contributed to this new and dangerous drug environment, according to Joseph Friedman, an MD, PhD candidate at UCLA. Kids were told that all drugs were deadly and just say no. They weren't given any nuances about the relatively the relative harms of one drug versus another he said not that long ago they were being told that marijuana would make them psychotic and now it's legal why should they believe us now when we tell them how dangerous drugs are becoming how deadly drugs are becoming even uh, I'm going to struggle through it. Just that's okay. don't, don't edit me the I whole time. I wasn't, I, I wasn't <laughs> actually trying to edit. I don't even know if anybody knew you, that it's you okay. said a word that was different, but uh, they're dangerous and deadly. And I think that's an interesting point. Like how confusing to people were the article focuses a lot on youth, but how confusing to people of all ages that, Hey, this, this marijuana stuff is, it'll make you psychotic. Oh, by the way, it's now legal in, you yeah. know, in 28 states or however many it's legal in. And I do believe that the war on drugs has been, I mean, you can't, you can't argue that it hasn't been very productive. Hasn't been very successful. Hasn't been very successful. Thank it, you. It for sure has some stuff behind it that probably was ill-advised. It might even be slightly racist, the whole thing. Um, but, and, and if you look at just say no, like just say no is, we laugh at that now. It's actually not the worst advice ever. It just isn't practical. Well, the thing is, is I believe that through education, you can empower people, right? Right. So when I go and I talk at high schools or I go and I speak at events, not all the time do I share my story. Sometimes sure. it's it's actual education content-based stuff. And what that stuff is, is educating the kids on the dangers and why not to use it. Okay. Because here's the thing I can tell you all day long, Tom, blue in the face, just say no. Right. But how much of that's really going to sink in versus when I give you the education, I present it and I say, hey, check it out. Here's kind of some peer review journals. Here's what they found. Here's here's the the harms of this. Forget just say no. Tell them what happens and what's going on. Yeah. And I think that's that's yeah. really part of what this article stresses is. And the stuff that I want to get into with the statistics and stuff talks about how, uh, you know, a lot of people know some stuff. A lot of kids even know some stuff about marijuana. A lot of kids know some stuff about heroin. Mm. People don't really understand fentanyl very well. Kids have no education on it. And I think they just think it's another drug you can use that, hey, that sounds pretty powerful. That'd be fun. It's killing it's people not fun. between ages 14 and 34 like crazy. At crazy rates. Yep. Yep. At crazy rates. That's definitely some of the stuff that I want to get into. Do you have uh, more you want to read? Uh, yeah. Read you want to read the next one? Sure. Uh, then came the pandemic, leaving students isolated. Whoops, leaving students from grade school and grad school isolated, bored, and seeking anything to get through the long days of quarantine. Many turned to the web to purchase what appeared to be restricted brand-named opioids like Percocet, but contained deadly levels of fentanyl. 
Friedman points out that the look-alike illicit synthetics like fentanyl that replaced prescription opioids are killing young people so quickly that many never even formed an addiction. I think mm. that's a critical point. His research shows that between 2010 and 2020, adolescent drug use remained stable, but between 2019 and 2020, deaths by overdose increased by 94% in one year and from 2020 to 2021 by another 20%. Almost a 120% increase in two years. The drug use remained the same for a decade, and yet the deaths shot up 94% yeah, in one year and 20% in the next year. Which it rolls into a really good point that I, that I, I want to read here. Yeah. These dealers are essentially handing a loaded gun to unsuspecting victims, and they don't care, says Orange County District Attorney Ted Spitzer. Um. He intends to to prosecute these dealers for murder. Would you just, for me, read that, this, the quote at the beginning of that again, real quick. This is super important. These dealers are essentially handing a loaded gun to unsuspecting victims, and they don't care. That's look, a quote by, uh, let's see, Orange County District Orange Attorney. County DA. Yeah, yep. Todd Spitzer. Yep. Yep. A loaded gun to unsuspecting. Like, here you go, yeah. kids. Here you go, kids. Come play with this gun. Like guns and kids is a big subject in this country right now. This is the same sort of thing. Yeah. Again, they, they just gigantic. don't care. Gigantic. Yeah. The most vulnerable are the ages 14 to 34, and they aren't only privileged college kids, according to the DEA. Many are white uh, residents in the areas where a small portion of adult population has a bachelor's degree. I think. Uh, I think. Um, in that sense, many are white men residing in areas where so that has been um, that has been where fentanyl is hit hardest, actually among whites and males more so than females. But still, it's I mean it's as deadly no matter what your gender is, yeah. what your race is, what your age is. It's dead. It's deadly among all genders, aces and uh, uh, races and ages. So. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to skip Lincoln's story because it, it, it got some, it, to me, it kind of, they talk about where to get it and some things like that, which I don't really want to put out on this podcast. So let's just skip down. Uh, two years after, two years after their son's death, Marion Ed Turnin remained in the, sorry, Pasadena home where they raised him with their oldest, with his older sister and brother. His photos are, his photos still line the shelves, but for them, the home will never be the same. He doesn't come home charging through the door anymore, followed by his friends who nicknamed Charlie Big Head and referred to Mary, who is his mom, as Mama T. Sad. Yeah, super sad. You want to take the next one, Some Families? Some families deal with addiction over months or years, sucked into the vortex of relapse, recovery, despair, and hope, learning how to cope as the cycle repeats. But for both the Tiernans and the Livelies, that was the other uh, story, an unanticipated overdose was caused by a drug about which they'd known little. This is one of the reasons why a family chose to found a nonprofit they've called Song for Charlie. Again, I'm pretty sure that's songforcharlie.org. Uh, its mission is to inform the public, especially young people, about the deadly nature of fentanyl. Recent data, videos, resources, and charts to illustrate the situation's urgency fill the organization's website. Love it. And you're right. It is songforcharlie.org. Finish it up. This is a problem I can work on. I can't do anything anything about stopping the sellers or the buyers, but I can get the word out about this new drug epidemic, Ted Turnin says. If we can help one person, one family, one kid, then Charlie Charlie won't have died in vain. Man, All great right. story. Good stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a heavy story, it's a heavy but it story. needed to be told because those those – Compressed counterfeit pills are just taking people out left and right. But I think the interesting thing is, uh, one thing that's interesting to me about this is this this family chose to not let him die in vain. They have done something about it. They're trying to educate, particularly youth, about the dangers of fentanyl. And we see that. Uh, we see that in our lives. We've had a couple of people on here who have lost a child or lost a loved one to an overdose. Susan Peterson. Yep. Good friend of ours. They um, become activists. Started, they move into started the an solution. organization, yep. the Sobriety Foundation, and they they are not letting their children die in vain. Nonetheless, their children are dead. 
Yeah. This is just so unbelievable and so sad and so tragic yeah. that people of this age are dying. I think that's, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode is to put out there, like increase the awareness of right. what's going on with this. We need less people like that on our podcast. We need less greens. Remember uh, the, yeah, the yeah. greens? Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Mrs. and Mrs. Green, Green and yep. Susan Peterson. And we need less people like that out there. Yeah. Like well I'm said. happy if they come on our podcast. I'm sad that the, that there's so many people like that that exist. Yeah. That have lost a loved one to this deadly disease. And we've well, got to do something. And the crazy thing to me is, is, is I mean, they're, they're saying that they're buying them online. Like, right, how is it right. that we're not shutting down? And, right. and in the That's, other story, it talked about uh, through social media platforms. And I'm not going to say right. the specific ones because I don't want people going and trying to look. But that's crazy to me that, that these counterfeit pills are being sold just right over the web. You can order it like you order a sombrero from Mexico. Right. It's crazy. Right. I want to get into some stats because some of these are really interesting. Yeah, let's get it, Doc. And uh, so, first of all, there's an estimate that about 50%. 50. There's an estimate that about 15% of all drug deaths are caused by fake pills and two to three times that for youth ages 15 to 24. So um, if you two to three times 15%, you get, you know, you get your 30 to 50% of overdose deaths are caused by fa these fake pills, which they're calling fentapills or pressed pills, right? Yeah, that's... For the 12 months ending in June of 2021, so just a year ago, the CDC projects for all ages, number one, over 100,000 drug-induced deaths, up 21% from the prior year. So, over, that, yeah. so we had a four- or five-year period where the drug overdose deaths in the United States were about 70,000. It just was 70, 71, 73, 71, 72. It would bounce back and forth in those 70s. And then suddenly the pandemic hit. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people blamed it on the pandemic. That's not what happened. Fentanyl. What happened was this right yeah. here. Fentanyl. Press fentanyl pills Fentanyl started. hit, and they shot up from 70,000 after being stuck at 70,000 for years, almost a decade, all of a sudden 100,000, just overnight. Crazy. Over 64,000 of these deaths involved fentanyl, mostly illicit and often in combination with other drugs. This is 34% higher than the previous year. So... There's 100,000 deaths in the U.S. by drug overdose. 64,000 of those due to opiates. Yeah, and most crazy. of that is fentanyl. Fentanyl was 64% of all drug deaths, 84% of all opiate deaths. Thanks. Yeah, yeah that, that was, um, I remember reading a stat this last year about how meth deaths west of the Mississippi climbed over the top of opiate deaths for the first time in a long time. Really? Yeah, but it it's wasn't. Because it's laced it was with fentanyl. fentanyl. Yeah. It's there. They've all got. Not all. Not all meth has fentanyl in it. All the almost all the meth that causes a death has fentanyl in it, though. Which brings me to a good point. I'm going to kind of shift gears here. Um, <clears throat> who's the guy that wrote the book uh, "Chasing the Scream"? Oh man, I can't remember. Jonah Hari. Jonah Hari. Johan Hari. Sorry, Johan Hari. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, he talks about, like in his TED Talk, you know, the opposite of addiction is connection. Which, right. look, I love that. And right. that's true, right? The opposite of addiction. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I 100% agree with that. but We've I, argued I like, that a little bit on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. My whatever. Thing, my thing is, is this, is Johan Hari's going around telling people that heroin and opiates don't have hooks, right? That it's just a matter of b basically getting them around other people and, and other peers and getting them connected with people. That is false. That is a part of his stuff that I 100% disagree with. For sure. There are definite hooks, physical dependency hooks. And that's why. That's why they're putting this fentanyl in everything. You and, right? I, you and I have experienced that hook. Yes, absolutely. Desperately wanting to quit and couldn't. And so it drives me a little crazy when Yohan Han Hari goes around All I needed to do is have better friends. Right. Let's just put you in a rat park that's a, right. a you know, all give you, you need a is a wheel, rat wheel. Give you a little wheel to run around <laughs> on and some and some good food and you're yeah, cured. Yeah, no, no. There's definitely yeah, hooks. And, and there's, there's reason why they're putting fentanyl in marijuana and putting fentanyl in methamphetamine. It's a and giant hook. Giant hook. When but, you start going through withdrawals, right, you're going to go back to the person or the whatever. The thing. The source that you got it from. Right. In desperation because there is a right. physical hook. In the substance. Again, to me, this is the critical part of this article, too, is this podcast is about addiction. 
This article points out you don't even have to be addicted anymore. Right. You can just die before you ever even get to addiction. You skip the whole addiction stuff and are dead. And I'm glad Max is here. Stuff. And I'm glad Max is here because, listen, I, I was a college football player on a college campus before, man. I'm not saying Dixie's a party school anymore, but hopefully, like, you know, you can bring some awareness around it to your boys. Yeah, no, I mean, it just, again, I love being able to sit in here and listen to your guys' stories because it, it, it is real, it is true. And and I think, like you guys said, it doesn't get talked about enough, right? Because, you know, I mean, you know, again, college football is an atmosphere by itself, right? Where, where Where it is, you know, Again, we're in the spotlight. We're Friday nights, Saturday nights, and then we go and we party, right? And that, you know, you know, alcohol can be there, drugs can be there, right? You're smoking weed, you know, doing other things. Sure. And, and and it's like, you know, again, in in the past, like like that was cool. Nobody got hurt, but like you said, now that everything's laced with fentanyl, right? Like you, said, I love how you said you're playing Russian roulette, yep. right? It, it yep. is just yep. it's a shot in the dark. 50-50 chance whether it has fentanyl in it or not. And so, so I think just, you know, being able to sit here and listen to you guys talk, that is something like, like this is something I got to be bring awareness to my teammates as well, because especially because a lot of those guys are big into the party scene being a college football player. Well, and like, there's injuries and you prescribe pain medications. Listen, yes. that's how my addiction started was through a, a football injury. So, yeah, I mean, definitely increase the awareness. What are some of the signs, Doc, of somebody who is ODing? I have a, I'm going to answer that in just one second, but okay. I have a really quick story. Of the BYU team physician, I heard a story. My brother-in-law was the strength and conditioning coach for BYU for a long time. And after games, the team physician, and I'm not going to name names again, but mm -hmm. would get on the plane and essentially grab Percocets and just kind of. Yeah. This was a Who's long time pain? ago. Who's in pain? It's a long time ago. Well, but Doc, Max brings out such a good sell point. sell heroin in pharmacies. Well, sure. Right? Sure. I mean, that's sure. why. You're saying this was a long time ago, but but it's because back then they didn't know of the the epidemic wasn't so... Right. Prominent, right? Right. I, I like I like Max's point, which is really important. Everybody thinks marijuana is totally safe. No one gets sick from marijuana. Nobody. Marijuana can kill you, and it's not marijuana anymore. It's the fentanyl in it, right? Yet you you're playing Russian roulette. You don't even know that smoke that could be the last joint you ever smoke. It's a good it's time to be in lit. recovery. Yep, absolutely. it's a good time to stay abstinent. Absolutely. Signs of somebody uh, overdosed? Oh, yes. well, for sure. So the 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 reason the way people die is um, respiratory depression, which means they stop breathing. So yeah, they will slow down their breathing quite a bit. They'll become quite lethargic. They'll have a hard time keeping their eyes open. Their pupils will be really small. These are opiate signs of of overdose, um, and. Uh, and, yeah, non-responsiveness, and, and they'll start turning. Things will start turning blue. Lips and fingertips can start turning blue, and yeah, and non-responsiveness for sure. But super sleepy, those kind of things. I actually keep a a, a thing of Narcan in my car just in case. Mm, it's a really good idea. You know what I mean? It's like, a really good idea. You never know. You can get Narcan almost. Almost every pharmacy will give you Narcan now without a prescription. Or go to your local USARA building and but ask USARA them. But USARA will give it to you free. For free. Yeah. There's, you can get, you, uh, there's a lot of places in Utah you can get free Narcan. If you have a son, that you're a, a son or a daughter that you're afraid is using drugs, you need Narcan in your home. Absolutely. Especially They're, after hearing that tragic story that happened to Charlie. Right. They're giving it out. Uh, let, me get, let me hit you with a couple more stats. Okay. This, this is youth. Ages 15 to 24, drug-induced deaths have tripled over 20 years, driven recently by fentanyl involvement, which has grown six times, which has grown sixfold in the last five years, up 491 percent. 491 percent. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the same five years, deaths from meth, cocaine, heroin, benzos, and legit opioids combined have risen 11 percent. It's crazy. So fentanyl is responsible for a 491% increase in deaths where the others basically rose by 10%. Uh, fentanyl is involved in more youth death than all other drug types combined. Many deaths involve multiple drugs. In 2021, 7,000 youth will have died with fentanyl involved, 76% of all the youth deaths. Mm come from fentanyl 14 and 17 it's gonna year take olds. out a whole generation man it's like it said it's, it's going like to handing take a loaded gun to an unsuspecting victim yep it really is i love that quote 14 and 17 year olds have been more than twice as impacted by the growth in fentanyl death involvement over the last five years than all other ages 
Now, here's a really critical part that we talked about, and I want to get to this. I know we don't have a lot of time. I'm going to race through this really quickly. 86% say people their age feel overwhelmed. 71% feel that this is a this is youth. It's talking about age 13 to yeah, 24 yeah, yeah. again. 86% uh, say people their age feel overwhelmed. 71% feel there is a stigma surrounding mental health issues, and only 41% are comfortable talking about their mental health. That's sad. Only 27% of teens a quarter of all teens are aware of fentanyl being illicitly used in counterfeit pills while half the young adults are aware of this. Well, half of young adults are aware of this issue. So only 27% of teens, of teens are even, even know, know that it's an lives. issue, right? Yeah. When asked to rate how dangerous various drugs are, only 27%, it's interesting that that's also the same number, only 27% of teens and 44% of young adults say this about fentanyl, far less when asked to rate how dangerous various drugs are, uh, only 27% of teens and 44% of young adults say that fentanyl is dangerous. That's mind-boggling. Ne- nearly one in four don't know enough to rate fentanyl's danger at all, the highest level of uncertainty among drugs evaluated. So we're running out of time, Doc. But I think the takeaway from today is... Just say no. Just say no. That's not it. No. Education around fentanyl. Like, people need to be more aware this, of what it is, what the potential... I mean... That death is the potential. It's a funny term, recreational. There's no such thing as recreational fentanyl. Yeah, and you can die from your first use these days. Or any. There's no more learning from mistakes. Like we're in that time. Or any use, even with tolerance. Yeah. You can die. All right, take us out, buddy. Hey, thanks, everybody. This has been fun. It's a great time. So uh, we will return next week. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening. This is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Love you, buddy. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn.